0: Welcome to the IAM Podcast. My name is Carl Weaver, and I am the Website Content Manager at IAM. If you have any suggestions for the IAM Podcast, you can email me at carl.weaver at iamovers.org. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Thanks for joining us again. I'm joined today by Brian Limperopoulos, who is IAM's Vice President. Good morning, Brian.
1: Hey, Carl. Good to be here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. You know, I, I haven't seen you in six months in the flesh, but I see you like nearly every day on, uh, on the uh, you know, Zoom or something. So things will get back to normal someday, I hope. But in the meantime, uh, we've got a lot of stuff that's exciting going on for the annual meeting.
1: Yeah, so uh, big news. If you haven't seen our marketing, then you probably haven't been online because we've been pushing out a lot of marketing with our, with our virtual annual meeting. And we're doing that because we're excited about it. We have a lot of great speakers that we're bringing to the IAM membership. And if you take a look at the e-portal this week, Uh, We share some of those with you, whether it's our female leadership in global moving and mobility or our transforming the customer experience sessions, uh, both very valuable discussions that we're excited to bring to the members. Another conversation that uh, we also uh, publicized this past week is our uh, leaders in global moving and mobility, which will take place at our core members meeting. That'll take place on Thursday, October twenty-second at eleven a.m. Eastern, and that's going to uh, uh, feature speakers like Peggy Smith, the former uh, executive director of Worldwide ERC, Bill Grable with the Grable Companies, Susan Benavides, CEO of Plus Relocation. So, really trying to bring that um, that uh, look at the corporate sector to our members, how the RMCs are approaching. Um, you know, their sector in this COVID environment. And, and that is going to be a very interesting panel. So we're looking forward to all three of these. You'll be seeing a lot more coming out over the next week, two weeks about our other sessions. So stay tuned, follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on Facebook to, to stay abreast of what's going on. And then if you haven't registered yet to attend these sessions, go ahead, register today at immeetings.com. Uh, we also put the attendee list in there, Carl, and I think we got over 500 people registered right now, and it's ticking up every single week.
0: Well, yeah, and even every single day, I'd guess, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we, the, uh, the attendee list, anyone can go in there and see if you are registered, see who you need to make a meeting with. If you're not registered yet, who you have possibly missed out on having meetings with. Uh, so, if you, if you don't want to miss out, you need to get on board.
1: And that's a really important point because once we launch the virtual conference platform, which will probably take place no later than October 1st, the people who are already registered will have the first opportunity to book meetings. And we can't show it right now in this environment, but it's a very easy uh, user experience to find a person and then book a meeting with them. So. There's a lot of great uh, clients who are going to be at this conference. And if you want to have first opportunity to try and book a meeting with them, this is your opportunity.
0: Right. And uh, about finding people. So you could, let's say, I, I want to have a meeting with Brian Limpiopoulos. I can search for him in the in that database and find okay. him and say, hey, does, you know it'll show our schedules. How about we meet this time? But there's also the opportunity. So that's finding. There's also the opportunity to discover. So yeah. if I want to maybe, I don't know who it is, but I want to find an agent in uh, Colombo, Sri Lanka or something. I can put in Sri Lanka and find someone, you know, assuming someone from Sri Lanka is there, but, you know, you can easily uh, discover as well as find what you're looking for. And I think that's that's one of the really great parts about the software is that it very closely replicates that sort of hallway or lunchtime interaction where you discover people rather than looking to find them.
1: A yeah, really important point. A great point, Carl. So do we want to move on to the dab?
0: Let's do it. So what, what is a dab? What <laughs> it's, is it's a dance dab? Move. It's, it's something that football players do. What else is it?
1: Yeah, a dab is uh, you know, was a cultural trend that took place a couple of years ago here in the U.S. Um, and Uh, In all seriousness, though, uh, the DABs in this IAM context is this new member-led initiative. And there's this uh, opportunity right now where asset-based movers in the United States, whether they're independents or agents of van lines, they're trying to come together and figure out how they can collectively advocate for themselves. Uh, whether it's through uh, different programs, different compliance services that they need, or networking, or other things that are beneficial for their business. And we were, and IAM was approached by a group of members uh, about supporting this group and taking this idea and hopefully, uh, hopefully putting some institutional support behind it. At this point, IAM has about 400 odd members based in the United States. And what we're hoping to achieve through this is to provide that institutional support uh, and create opportunities for these companies to meet, network, learn, and grow their business, and hopefully expand our membership base in the world's largest moving market. You know, there's, there's thousands of companies here in the US and so that's a big opportunity for the association, and it's also a big opportunity for these um, for these types of companies to come together, utilize IAM's infrastructure to build uh, a value proposition that's good for all of them. So we we provide a lot of information in the in the e portal here, um, and you know, Carl, I know you you listened in on the love and reload. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, when our kind of our co-chairs Chuck Bailey and uh, Oded Carmi, Chuck Bailey with Cornerstone here in Virginia, and Oded Carmi with N Van Lines in Massachusetts, they went on Love and Relo with our our boss Chuck White, I president along with Dan Bradley, our colleague who runs our government and military affairs, to discuss this new initiative. So we we create a link there. Like Carl, what were your thoughts on that appearance?
0: Well, something that really stuck out to me, and I had not really thought about this before that uh, session, although it came up yesterday in a meeting I was in as well, is that when we talk about advocacy for these um, you know, domestic asset-based movers, so a lot of times we think about advocacy in terms of representing you or your business to the government. Sure. Uh, but advocacy is also, in this sense, uh, maybe representing the smaller companies to the larger companies. That's a great you know, point especially with the global household goods contract that is, you know, the giant behemoth with single source uh, payer or or, uh, single source provider for the government. You know, that's going to be one giant company. It already is. But, you know, if we can help be, uh, you know, help those companies that are smaller interact with this larger company, that's a huge win. You know, in addition to uh, being able to maybe, uh, help them interact with government and their representatives and so on.
1: A, a really important point. And um, it's definitely something that is, I think, driving this conversation. You know, when it was in, in the current environment, we have 900 TSPs and you don't have that concentration as much. But once you put, once you concentrate all these moves, 400,000, moves in the hand of one company then you've fundamentally altered the market and yeah the the need for advocacy with that with that one big company is 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 really required for the for the providers who have the warehouses who have the trucks and who have the labor who actually perform the move you know they are the boots on the ground and they many of them are small so for them to go and advocate for themselves to the single source contractor is unrealistic. If we can aggregate those concerns and, and, and potentials into one, it does create uh, the opportunity for us to uh, make a better environment for those companies. So that's, a, that's a great point. So look for more on the DAB. Um, if you want to take a video of yourself dabbing and send it in, we will, we will publish it on our social media. Uh, maybe that's something we need to do, Carl, as well as uh, kind of show how silly we look when we're dabbing, especially uh, Chuck White.
0: Uh, no one looks serious when they're dabbing. <laughs> but, you know, something else, Brian, is that uh, something, so I've, I'm on this uh, these meetings about we're going to be putting together a dab newsletter. Yeah. And the people who are sort of running this uh, effort to put the newsletter together are talking a lot about... Um, coming up with best practices so you know not and not things that are regulations at all but things that are maybe like uh how do you read a financial report so some very practical business stuff Mm, Uh, you know and how do you how do you uh plan how do you make your financial plans since uh moving is a very seasonal thing sure but you do all your work in the spring and you have no money and then you get paid in the fall and you have money and then so, how do you you know make this cycle work, and how do you how do you keep it uh being successful for you and I'm really excited about that uh, you know so if you do want to see the dab newsletter, we're probably going to have an issue about the first to second week of October will be the first issue because we want to get it in people's hands before the annual meeting so that they could have some talking points and questions and stuff like that for when it comes time for that discussion online,
1: and, and and I just want to relate this to all of our non uh, non U.S. members. Obviously, this is a U.S. focused initiative, but this uh, this initiative also will carry some benefit for the companies who are located outside the U.S. because it does open up the range of possibilities for you when you are potentially sourcing a service provider in a U.S. location. So if you have you know, um, you know a move from your location going to a, a location in the U.S. Maybe you you want to try out some new service providers, but they're not IM members and not covered under um, not covered under the IAM membership umbrella. Whether that's the code of ethics, whether that's some of our other membership protections, this gives you opens you up to figuring out who, uh, it, giving you greater visibility into that U.S. market and. Uh, potentially bringing new service providers online for you to select. So it's not just U.S. focus. And the other aspect of this is that we may use this as a template to establish chapter-like groups uh, outside the U.S. So uh, this could be the U.S. DAB. (laughs) And then there could be a, a United Arab Emirates DAB. Uh, for instance, because we have a ton of member companies in the UAE. So this could be just the first of many chapter-like establishments. Obviously, we're very at the at the front front uh, of this initiative, but those are some of the kind of aspects that could uh, potentially apply for you as an, a non-US member to this DAB concept.
0: Yeah, this is not something that I am... Um sort of decide we're going to stand this up and do it it, it was very much organic through the yeah. membership and that's that also is, is interesting to me so the the members want it and they asked for it and we're trying to give it to them
1: good point carl let us know your ideas we're we we love ideas sometimes we love ideas too much but we're always receptive <laughs> to what our members are you know thinking about what's 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 kind of a pain point in their business and how they would then they would solve that issue themselves. Cause that, that's probably plaguing some of your other uh, member companies as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So we have uh, this other story here, Brian, industry leaders discuss moving boom in the U S what's that about? Can you talk about that?
1: Well, anecdotally and, and the data is just, I mean, Uh, we can talk about the range of factors here, but, you know, Carl linked to these uh, two interviews and one was given by Mark Rogers, CEO of Unigroup, where he discussed with Yahoo's finance, um, I guess, publication about what Unigroup is seeing. And then, um, you know, based here in the, in the Virginia area, Chuck Kuhn founder and CEO of JK moving also discussed that with, um, uh, with a local publication. I think he also got on a national publication this past week as well. And, and all the data is showing that people are moving. And a lot of data is showing that people are moving from cities. Um, millennials are purchasing their first homes. Uh, you know, anecdotally, you yeah, know, talking to my own friends, it's really kind of you know, we, we've been locked up in our, our apartment, which was great before COVID, but for six months, you know, we needed extra space. We have one kid and not being able to go to a park. So there, there's a range of factors probably driving this, um, uh, but I, I think all of us would benefit from listening to these industry leaders talk about what they're seeing and, and why, this, uh, why this particular trend is, is, is occurring now, it will be interesting to see how this holds up over the next few months. But that's kind of what I'm seeing. Uh, Carl, what, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, something interesting to me is that, um, I, and I'm gonna use IAM as an example, is we, we've never done remote work before. And it was sure. sort of like, and I know when people broached the subject, it's like, no, we need to be in the office. Well, now we've been out of the office for six months, you know, and, and, and periodically. but But, you know, we're doing all this stuff online. I could be in Bangalore right now. You, you know, could. we could be having this conversation. I'm not, by the way. But, you know, there's, I think the, the uh, you know, what's really driving a lot of business decisions right now isn't planning and isn't, you know, maybe we want to run a good business, right? It's a pandemic. Yep. You know, it's creating opportunities. And all of a sudden, I think people are finding, hey, my employees can work remotely. They're being just as efficient or possibly even more efficient because they can, uh, you know, work from home and maybe squeeze in the things that they need to do at home, uh, you know, in their downtime. But then, you know, they also make up for that. I know that that's been the case for me. You know, I find myself on the computer and doing work later in the day. You know, but maybe I'll get really tired and have that midday nap.
1: You know, a little, a little don't fire me, siesta. Ryan.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, but if I were in the office, I would just be unproductive and go home at five.
1: It, it does. Yeah, that post that post lunch lull. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody feels that after you after you pack a lot of food into your into your body, you know, inevitably, it's going to slow down. Isn't so y- you're right. I mean, the flexibility afforded is interesting. Uh, I I was I think you'll find this interesting, Carl. <laughs> saw something on Twitter the other day. We're going to go down a digression here. We're just going to have fun with this conversation, but, um, you know, thinking about how workers can orient themselves longitudinally, longitudinally going forward so that they're on the same time zone. So for instance, I think Chicago is in the same, uh, time zone as Bogota, Colombia. Mm-hmm. If you're working remotely, Theoretically, the, the coordination issues um, that we, we used to think were barriers are no longer barriers. I think the biggest barrier going forward is time zone. I know I face that when I'm trying to schedule um, you know, a committee call that spans, you know, for instance, some of our committees span 17 time zones. That is a huge barrier. But when I'm speaking to somebody in the same time zone, you know, let's say Toronto, it, you know, Carl, for, for, for all intents and purposes, you could be in Toronto right now, we would not lose any of that productivity or that collaborative aspect between us. So it, it will be interesting to see how these companies, particularly those companies that have the wherewithal uh, and do not need that face-to-face communication on a day-to-day basis, how workers and employees at those companies start to align themselves from a location perspective, and do you see that kind of, uh, in, you know that kind of um, distribution start orienting itself north south, so that people can coordinate on on uh, based on time zone, and they can live wherever they want in that time zone, just as long as they're in that time zone and they have that Wi-Fi connection. I mean, I think we've gone off on a tangent there, but, you know, some of these things are really driving this moving boom. Um, You know, obviously, I'm going to put out a call to the members around the world. You know, if you're seeing some of this data happening in your neck of the woods, in your country, you know, with the ability for people to work um, not necessarily in an office with colleagues, let us know. This is going to be something that is going to be transformative to everything that we do and and will lead to more business as people seek to live where they want and be able to work where they want
0: right and you know it's the it's the pandemic that's opening up these opportunities which you know we it's obviously a very negative thing in the world but all of a sudden we're saying oh maybe this could work after all we never thought it could work before sure and maybe instead of uh you know, there's something else going back to the DAB call yesterday. Sorry to mix this all up, Brian. Just keep going. Just <laughs>
1: go. Let's keep digging that hole.
0: Yeah. Uh, something came out is, you know, I talked about your know, reading financial reports, and maybe having a, a seminar on human resources for small businesses. But there's also something that came up that was how to do business in the time of COVID. You know, the pandemic is obviously, you know, we're talking about a move Boom. But in a lot of places, there isn't a move boom and there isn't a business boom. Sure. Um, You know, how do you, if you're in one of those places or one of those situations, how do you take the same resources, you know, the assets you have and still continue to make money because we still have to eat. You got to pay rent, you got to eat. So uh, a lot of interesting ideas coming up out of all this.
1: Well, that's definitely something that and for those on the call you will have noticed that over the past six months we've done a lot more i don't like the term webinar because i think people tune out when they hear webinar but virtual conversations kind of webcasts that's definitely something an idea that we can bring um, into our we won't be able to do it at our upcoming virtual conference but Perhaps after is is that concept of how I can redeploy my resources in this new environment uh, because I that is a, a very key issue if COVID is so transformative it's going it's upsetting the you know the apple cart in some places and what you were formerly able to rely on may not be the case so how can we provide tools for our members so that they can reorient and adapt in this new environment. I think that's a great, uh, great thought that we should pursue.
0: Yeah. And that sort of leads into the, uh, I am logistics network too.
1: Yes. You know,
0: you've got a truck and you've got a warehouse and you've got people you're a logistics company or could be.
1: Yeah. yeah, And you know, we have so many of our members who, and and particularly outside, I, I, I think all over the world, You know, moving, like you said earlier, Carl's a very seasonal business. And how do you smooth out the demand over 12 months so that you have cash rolling in, not just in the fall, but you have cash rolling in all throughout the year? And, uh, you know, many of our members have said, I'm going to take what, uh, you know, the assets that I have invested in to uh, service the peak moving season, and I'm going to redeploy those assets during the you know, the fall, the winter, and the early spring so that I can smooth out that cash flow throughout the year. You know, uh, logistics as IAM defines it is a very, it's a big bucket. And, uh, you know, some of the feedback we've gotten from members is we probably have to kind of scope that more specifically, but so you know, for the purposes of this conversation, we're talking about freight forwarding. We're talking about anything that you can use your warehouse for. So warehousing and distribution, fulfillment, perhaps final model delivery.
0: Uh, there's an ad here, Brian. It's not an ad. It's a story. In case you missed it, are you struggling with your digital marketing strategy? And this is I a, Am Learning's Ray Da Silva. He hosted a conversation um, with Francesco Argiro of Bliss Corporate and Brian Bloom of Mover Search Marketing and Steve Jordan of the Mover Magazine and they're all strong marketing people. Um, do, I, I was not able to watch this session because I was doing other stuff but could you tell a little about it?
1: So it was very interactive conversation where you know and, and Ray is excellent at this uh, at bringing together I think influential people on a particular uh, on a particular topic and facilitating kind of what the problem is and what what the solutions are and drawing that out of our industry experts here, Francesco, Brian, and Steve. And Carl, I know you and I, we've had a hundred conversations about digital marketing over the years. And it's something that I know we wanna get better at. And I know it's something that our members wanna get better at. And there was a lot of useful tips in this discussion. Uh, about how how to do that and you know one thing that came out of it is it is a really deep topic that this conversation really scratched the surface and I know we're going to be doing more conversations around digital marketing and really focused on more of these kind of subtopics within that so lead generation So what are you doing to get more leads to your company? So that's one aspect of it. How are you marketing through LinkedIn? You know, LinkedIn is something that IAM uses a lot. A lot of industry professionals are up on LinkedIn. A lot of our member companies have pages up on LinkedIn. How are you using that tool to drive more business to your company or raise its profile? There there were other topics that were brought up and there are multiple places you can go for their own standalone sessions. So we are gonna be pursuing that, but I highly encourage anybody who uh, is interested in this topic to go to I Am Learning. Uh, You can access that through Mobility Exchange. You can also go to the the ePortal that we just sent out and click the link um, in the ePortal just to access that directly. But again, these are the types of conversations that we wanna bring to all of our members Um, and this was a very interactive one where you got to kind of both network and learn, and we're going to be doing a lot more of that in the future.
0: That's great, and if you don't know Francesco Argero, he recently made a video for us promoting the annual meeting, which is, you know, we've had a lot of those from our members, but uh, Francesco is just, like, super creative, and I think that's that's something that, um, you know, I've, I've always valued about him, is that he's got this, you know, very dynamic mind, and um, you know can really really thinks and you know has huge thoughts and was able to put this thing together that's it's just fun to
1: watch for sure I think it's a you know both Francesco and uh, Tim Hellenthal, our chair yeah uh, really put forward some uh, interesting videos so when we publish this we're gonna have to tag them in this uh, in this recording so that they know we were we were uh, complimenting them Carl we got to we got a employ our own digital marketing strategy here to get more uh, more listeners but uh no in all seriousness if you have not watched those two videos from francesco or tim helenthal uh they are worth your time because uh they they employ some fun uh some fun footage in there tim i think has magical facial hair after uh, <laughs> after that so that's all I'm a, that's gonna be the cliffhanger you guys gotta go watch it
0: yeah so we got some news Brian from the Australian International Movers Association Movers Association uh saying that there are some port charges or port congestion surcharges in Sydney uh due to container termination congestion, uh recent stevedore industrial action and uh major congestion at Sydney empty container parks. Yeah, um,
1: so uh yeah, I, I you know, thanks to our partners down there, Australian International Movers Association, and specifically um, uh, Philip Gordon with Conroy Removals for sending that on to us. It's uh, you know something that our members need to be aware of because you know the potential for uh, demurrage and port storage uh, goes up, or for these shipping lines, not not. Able to potentially offload their cargo at this port, so something we, we definitely want to watch with that terminal uh, congestion and that labor action with the stevedores there. Um, but you know the two major shipping lines, uh, MSC and CMA CGM, uh, you know are announcing this congestion surcharge. So this may not be something that our members factored in when they quoted the job, um, going either leaving the port uh, from Australia through Sydney or coming into Australia through Sydney. So the potential for additional charges is there, and our members need to be aware that that, that potential exists and probably get on the phone with their customers right now, whether it's a, a client or a transferee, and let them know that this uh, there might be additional charges. So you want to be aware of that. Uh, for sure.
0: We also have uh, this month's prospective members. And I just counted on the map, and there may be some overlap here with these little dots on the map. Yeah. I count 14 of them. And I think that's when I was doing the list, putting it online, I counted. And I want to say it was 14. It's more than we've seen in a while. And I think that's partly due to uh, the STAB effort. I know the the people who are running that uh, are reaching out a lot. So other potential members and bringing them in. So I'm really excited about this.
1: Yeah. D- Dab is is bringing people in. We have a special rate, which is $499, you know, for the next few weeks to come in at that low price point. And that's not just for Dab movers here in the U.S. That's for any mover around the world. Poor so, man. yeah. So I, I think you're also seeing that, you know, it's a nice map that we've created because you can kind of see the geographic distribution of these companies coming into membership and yeah you alluded to it Carl I think there was definitely a lull in our typical membership trends over the past few months because you know like every business people are I think trying to see what was happening with COVID and a membership is a it's a nice to have, right? And we hope that our members see the value in our membership. So I, I think what we're starting to see is things are starting to stabilize out there. And maybe uh, companies are starting to come back into the uh, membership and joining us. And we're, we are seeing an uptick now with our uh, our memberships coming in as a result of the virtual annual meeting. People are joining with the express purpose of, of both joining and then registering for the conference.
0: Yeah. I've been in touch with one guy on uh, Facebook messenger who wants his company to join. He's really excited about the meeting. He's really uh, excited to become an IM member and sort of helping walk him through the uh, process there. Yeah, And it's just, it's great to see people who are excited about becoming IM members.
1: Yeah. It, it makes us feel good. It, it gives some, uh, gives some purpose to what we do every day. And you yeah. know, Yeah, it it is nice to see that and hope all the members are seeing the value in the membership. So yeah, for sure. And then, you know, speaking of a value for membership, this is a nice little segue into the next session, which is our alleged debtor list. Uh, You know, we put it, we hide it in the e-portal because we see our members looking for it. Uh, It's our most clicked item every single time. And we want you to see everything. And um, uh, so we typically put that kind of midway down the e-newsletter, but this is something that is of uh, true value to the members because it gives them an indication uh, to them who they should and potentially not extend credit, who and who they should not, you know, trade with. So IAM has a multi-step process by which, if a member company reports that they're not getting paid by another member. We'll follow that multi-step process, and if that debt is still unresolved after that multi-step process, we will publish the name of that member company on the alleged debtor list. So it gives you some advanced knowledge as to uh, you know which companies are potentially struggling, and if you accept business from them, they may not pay you. So very valuable member benefit there. It is part of our receivable protection program which is a benefit for all IAM core and governing members. So definitely look at that every single time.
0: Yeah, that changes often. I, I'm the one that does the web updates and I get a handful of updates per month, either companies going on the list or coming off the list. Uh, so th- that is a fluid thing. So when you're, when you're looking at dealing with a new uh, member or a new uh, business partner, you know just go check the list. You can yeah. bookmark it.
1: And Scott Reddig in our office does all the yeomans work with that. It is a, it is a, uh, the RPP is a big program and it's a lot to work through, but, uh, you know, Scott at our office is, is the one leading the charge there. So he does a great job with that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Well, Brian, that sort of uh, brings us to the end of our, uh, of our intimate conversation about the e portal and the moving business.
1: I love our intimate conversations about the ePortal and the moving business, but seriously, Carl, thank you. Um, you know we do this because you know it's something that we we work hard on and we think has value to all of you. But let us know what other type of content you types of content you guys are looking for. Uh, you know, we want to be as responsive to the members as possible. And we hope this podcast is something that gives you an insight into how we put the ePortal together, what we're trying to communicate, and uh, hopefully exposing the mess behind the madness.
0: Well, thanks for joining me again, Brian. And I guess I'll see you on uh Zoom call tomorrow or yeah. today or something.
1: Probably. There's yeah. endless Zoom calls these days. So. Exactly. All right.
0: All right. Thanks, Carl. Thanks. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Thank you for listening to the IAM Podcast. If there's ever anything you need from IAM, you can contact us at membership at iamovers.org or contact us by going to the contact us page on the IAM website at iamovers.org. Thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next time.